my mom is a massage therapist and she tells me so many stories about people after receiving a massage. It's like they're just so blown away by how good they feel and by how relaxed they feel and and how they're like, I didn't even realize I was so, like, I really needed that. Like, that's often what they say. It's like, whoa, I really needed that. And I I do think there's there's an interesting piece here around, like, how aware we are of how stressed we are. Because I think sometimes people build in these these stress-relieving habits or hobbies into their lives so you can check in and, and release some stress. But I think a lot of people, they just get so used to being stressed that they think it's normal. It's St. Patty's Day. I am your host, Dylan Randall, and I'm joined by Michaela McDonald. Hello. And Andrew Sanders, the respiratory therapist, all he is known for. Hey, yep, that's me. How you doing, man? Not bad. How are you guys? Pretty good, man. Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. Yeah. Dylan and I both accidentally wore green today. We also accidentally had some shots of tequila. I don't know how it happened. (laughs) It's like the one thing you're not supposed to do on St. Patty's Day is drink alcohol. (laughs) Well, we broke the rules and we wore green. I hope you guys are having a great St. Patty's Day. And if you're not, it's probably because you deserve it. (laughs) We were reading, and this whole episode was going to be about St. Patty's Day. And as I was reading about the history of St. Patty's Day, it led down a rabbit hole. And so we're going to be doing uh, a little bit different of an episode. But first of all, this this podcast is fictional. It's not real. What you're listening to right now is your imagination. <laughs> Obey the laws in your country and listen to your doctor. Uh, NASA is not canceling the moon. I do have a cancellation of the week for you guys. Uh, apparently, they've been working on this giant rocket to take us back to the moon for the past over decade, and it's had delay after delay. It's this monstrous rocket, similar to the Apollo missions, and they're going to be releasing it soon for testing in Florida, and it looks like we're going to be heading back to the moon here relatively shortly. Wow. Yes, and I think there's even plans to, to be building a moon base. My goodness. They're going to need an Amazon up there at least. Do we still get next day shipping up here? Oh yeah, we do. (laughs) So they're going back. eh? What's what's the plan? So they they want to build a base. I remember they were looking for water, which I think they found. Oh shit! A while back, because they were going to use the water to build something or like make cement or something weird like that. Hmm. I know the army had blueprints for a moon base all the way back in the early seventies. And they had plans for that. And it's still up for debate why we stopped going to the moon. A lot of people still believe that uh, the aliens were the cause. And in fact, there's a lot of evidence that shows that the time frame that Neil Armstrong was cut out from the radio transmissions, uh, there's a lot of substantiated people who were listening in on the radios back then, and even, I believe, NASA employees, and even uh, um, uh, Lance Armstrong's co-pilot, Buzz Aldrin uh, reported seeing aliens, I believe. So apparently when Neil Armstrong um, landed on the moon in 1969, uh, there was a point that the radio was cut off from the public. And it is said that during that point, he was reporting these flying saucers hanging over them, watching them on the moon. 
and there's a lot of people that have substantiated this argument. And the whole reason for us not going back is apparently some sort of warning for us to stay away by the aliens. Mm. I'm not saying I believe it, but there's a lot of people, including his own co-pilot, saying that there was aliens. Wow. Buzz Aldrin himself. Wow. The second man to land on the moon and the first man to piss on the moon. There's a fact you probably didn't know. Did he pee on the he moon? He peed on the moon. He's the first man to pee on the moon. How does that work? He took pride in that. He no, I just got sucked into his space suit. Yeah, but he was on the moon and he peed. Oh. He's the f- okay, let me correct he that. Peed he was the first man to piss his pants on the moon. <laughs> he didn't mark his territory or anything. <laughs> Wait, how did he whip it out on the moon? That no, he like pissed his pants. I'd worry about yeah, yeah. exposure. What a champion. Mm. So, anyways, it's all very interesting. I look forward to seeing how that evolves. Now we have Blue Ridgeon by Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Elon Musk uh, of SpaceX also venturing to the moon mm. with planned flights as soon as 2022, this year. He's already sold tickets. Like for the public? For the public. There's a Japanese billionaire that's already bought tickets, and he plans to take artists with him mm-hmm. on the first fly around with SpaceX uh, around the moon. Mm. So they will be orbiting the moon this year if the plans are still uh, concurrent with oh, what so I last read. So it orbits, but it doesn't land on the Not going to be landing, just orbiting. Mm. Mm. So the moon is not canceled, apparently. We'll see if we'll, we'll see how that changes with this thing that shall not be named going on. But anyways, getting on to the topic, uh, St. Patty's Day is today. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be a few days after, but uh, I thought we'd talk about the history of St. Patrick's Day. Um, So St. Patrick's Day is celebrated annually on March 17th. It is the anniversary of the death of St. Patrick. This has been celebrated for over a thousand years now, and St. Patrick... Uh, is said to have brought Christianity to Ireland. And it is actually typically during the season of Lent where families abstain from meat and things like that. But even on St. Patty's Day, uh, they are allowed to consume meat. They go to church in the morning and they sort of party at night, drink and feast on the traditional meal of Irish bacon and cabbage. And this sort of correlation uh, of of being able to take a break from Lent, which life can be like Lent for us. A lot of us find ourselves living in these stressful environments. We work too much. We work out too much. Even things that supposedly relax us. I found myself recently living in a state where uh, I've overworked myself fitness-wise, and I've, I, I get these muscle strains because I feel like, man, even though it makes me feel good, I have to be making progress with whatever I'm doing. I'm not allowed to relax just to relax. You know, even when I watch movies with Michaela at night, I love doing that, but it's like family time. There's a purpose to it. I, I, I wasn't doing anything that was just for me that had no objective other than to relieve stress. And what I found myself doing was I would overeat. I'd eat pancakes at night or I would overwork myself with fitness trying to burn those carbs off. Sorry, hon. Um, I'm accidentally spitting on my girlfriend talking. <laughs> He's enthusiastic. We have to make eye contact as we talk to share this mic, (laughs) keeping this all in. But I notice when there's not a balance in life, it comes out like pressure in a pipe one way or another. I'd overeat. I would overwork my body working out because I felt like even that had to have purpose. And so I let myself sit down and I felt this weight just wash off of me. 
I didn't have the craving for pancakes I did. I didn't feel the need to go run around outside, even though I literally got up to go run around outside for my workouts. <laughs> it's probably a bad example. But it still didn't push myself like I usually would. There was moderation. I didn't feel the need to overwork or overeat. And I didn't feel that stress. I felt it melt off of me. And Andrew, I know that you you have your video games, you farm a little bit, you garden, you have your fish, you, you like your, your barbecue. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think about all of that. What, what's the importance and balance of having stress-free moments in life that don't have to necessarily serve a purpose other than to relieve you of that stress? Mm. I think that's... Who's going first? Yeah, right. Who's going okay. first? Andrew, do you want to go first? Uh, we'll nah, go you can go first. on this one. Andrew, you start... Uh, your your so name starts with a B, so we'll, we'll start with you. <laughs> All right, all right. So we're talking about things that we do to uh, to uh, chill out, relax a little bit. Yeah, and is there a pur- uh, what's the purpose of that for you guys? What do you think it does for you? Mm. And what's the importance of that societally, especially in these times? Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I know there's there's a lot of power, if you will, behind uh, just being mindful. A lot of people um, have a lot of success as far as you know mental wellness when they get into um, like meditation and things like that meditation has always been kind of difficult for me I've mm-hmm. tried it um, and I enjoy it it's it's good to just sit there and be present and force yourself to not you know think think about all the things that are bothering you or all the all the issues you have just concentrate on your breathing for a while and you know it is it is like a a useful thing and i i do it every once in a while um i didn't know that about you yeah yeah i don't do it too crazy often but i think it is a beneficial thing to to do but there are like you were saying there's other ways to also be mindful and i do have a lot of hobbies that i that keep me occupied like you mentioned uh i keep aquariums i have some fish aquariums (laughs) aquariums <laughs> and i'm more into like keeping um planted aqu- aquariums i'll have to send you guys some pictures because i'm i'm big on the plants <laughs> i love that i like yeah i like the way they look i get all kinds of different aquatic plants and i i get them like thriving in there wow. and then the f- fish are kind of like a little background piece Wow, that's really um, a step ahead, man. So you have real organic plants living in there. They're, they're not just yeah, fake no pieces. plastic for me, man. Wow. <laughs> and have you had much yeah. success with those? Oh yeah, that's it's the best way to keep a fish tank because I would imagine people don't realize that the the plants are crazy beneficial for the fish. Yeah, right. It's like a little and ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There's got to be this whole cycle. Um, where, you know, the fish waste gets broken down, the ammonia and whatnot gets broken down into the nitrogen cycle. You've got beneficial bacteria in there, and it's all a super balanced, um, yeah, situation that you have to have. I want to nerd out about that so, I want to nerd out about that so hard. That's so, that's so cool. I love, I (laughs) love plants and water. Yeah, you'll have to look up, uh, planted tanks on YouTube or, uh. Aquascapes. People are big Aquascapes. on like. Aquascapes. Yeah. Aquascapes with Andrew. Yes. YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are big on really like making a, a beautiful 
like piece of artwork out of something living like like the aquarium so where where the rocks are placed where the wood is placed if you even use any pieces of wood there is like an it's called iwagumi where you only use rock and plants and there's lots of different styles and a lot of it's japanese influenced uh but there's different different styles and yeah, I find that stuff really fun and and uh, relaxing because yeah. it's almost like a Zen garden where there's like maintenance you have to keep up. Um, right. You know, and there's then you algae have your garden outside up. that you grow your tomatoes in. <clears throat> yes, yeah, I actually got that. I've been working on that today, trying to get it running again. I've got a bunch of. Hey, speaking of the Irish, I've got potatoes going. Ooh, <laughs> what do you got and going in there right now? We've got potatoes, we've got a couple of zucchinis, some strawberries, some tomatoes, and some lettuce. Now, don't you and, cycle your yeah. fish tank that you can so that you can use it for fertilizer for your garden? Yeah, yeah. So when I when I change out the water in my fish tanks, I'll dump it straight into the garden. And how does that work for and you? Does it seem to help? It works well. I mean there's I also fertilize the fish tank to keep the plants really healthy. So there's fertilizers in there and mm. it's all fish safe stuff, but along with like the fish waste and beneficial bacteria. So yeah, I've noticed that the plants really like it. Some of certain vegetables too, are like basil around here. It grows like, like weeds. It just does not stop. Yeah. So wow. I'll just like scatter it around and in a few months I've got to, ton of it so yeah i've got like to eat plants out of your like garden it. man it's really good i enjoyed that yeah 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 That's yeah so the fun. lettuce is good it's it's nice it's convenient so when you picture not having these things in your life i mean how detrimental do you think that is how important is it is it to have these hobbies whatever it is whether it's video games or because i know you play video games uh, and you build yeah. you actually built your own computer which is impressive yeah. to me um how important is that to you? Where do you think you'd be without it? And and do you think it can even damage our health physically by, by not yeah. deploying these things in our lives? Yeah, I don't have any studies to cite, but I'm sure they've been done on what, like not allotting yourself some time for, for yourself uh, could do to your mental health. It's got to be detrimental. Um, yeah. And right. I mean, yeah, you've got to balance things out and it's super, it can be super difficult. Um, especially with how just busy things can get. Yeah. Um, like once you have kids too, I've got two kids and things get nutty cause now I'm balancing time to make sure that I'm helping out my wife and, uh, you know, I've also got to work and all that. So it gets difficult, but um, I still make time to do it because I, I find myself just getting stressed out. And uh, you can you can go to a pretty not so good place mentally if you don't yeah. <laughs> give yourself some time. And does it seem to Even help if you? It's like, yeah, yeah. I feel like it helps me a lot. So you um, found what works for you. Yeah. And what games yeah. are you playing right now? Yeah, I... Uh, Let's see. I like I like older games. I haven't been hopping on a lot of the newer games. The guys that made uh, Dark Souls just came out with one that 
Elden Ring or whatever. I haven't played it yet. Ah, seems like everybody's into that right now. But I've been playing. Yeah, I've been playing older games like uh, um, the older Borderlands games. Borderlands oh, Two. Oh, nice. It's fun, man. It's just there's a good story in that game. Borderlands game is a that. classic. Which one are you playing? Um, I think the last one I played was three, but I've been kind of switching between two and three. The artwork on there is so unique and fluid. It, it's for Michaela's yeah. reference and those who don't know, Borderlands is a, is a shooter that you're basically thrown in an open world. You can drive around in these desert wastelands. You can craft your own guns. It's like Mad Max, except the cool thing about it is everything is smooth from the way you transition into a room or switch your weapons because it looks everything looks hand drawn, like with a yeah. pencil. The whole it's got like game. a concept art style to it, yeah. like almost like they they didn't finish it. They left it kind of sketch sketch style looking. Ooh. I've never seen yeah. anything like it before or after. Yeah, so it's like yeah, you're moving really through a piece of art did. the whole time. It's a really interesting game and world. Hmm. Yeah, so that's a fun one, and a few racing games. You've played? Have you played Trackmania? Oh yeah, Michael and I, Andrew and I's <laughs> old friend. <laughs> Um, he's dead now, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rest in peace, Michael. Whoa. No, he's very much alive. I love that guy. He introduced, at least he introduced me to Trackmania when we were kids, actually. And I fell in love with it. It's a very fun game. Very simple. Just a racing game. You hop on, you do a few races, you hop off. Yeah. Mindless, but kind of crazy. You go around these like loop, loop to loops and, uh. It's like Hot Wheels, but for adults. I don't know. It was, it was, it was fun. <laughs> Had good soundtrack. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with so many of these things you two are talking about, I can hear how they're really um, en- engaging. Like it's it's easy to just focus fully on what you're doing or, or even kind of not be focused, but just kind of be in it so much that you can relax. Because I think that's something I know I struggle with. I have such an active mind and finding things that I can do where I can just really relax into it and I can just like enjoy it and be engrossed in it. And I I really like gardening for that reason. Or uh, when I used to live in Colorado, I'd frequently find myself in the backyard trying to rearrange the rock wall that was slowly Mm -hmm. falling down the hill. And and I love that kind of thing where I could just kind of be and be doing something um, that felt like it had a purpose, but it wasn't... um, I don't know, it wasn't like too intense. It's it's hard to fully put my finger on it, but it's this kind of, it's engaged but relaxed at the same time. And I hear that with like the video games. It sounds like those are engaging, but also kind of enjoyable and relaxing. And I imagine with the aquascapes and the gardening that that note could be hit as well. Does that feel true, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you can basically, <coughs> sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, it's not covid at least I don't think it is. The respiratory tested, therapist has a cough. <laughs> I tested myself for COVID on the second day, uh, which was negative. But I've heard that uh, these these like rapid tests that the government sent out aren't actually that reliable, and you have to like retest yourself on day five to make sure. Mm. And it's like by that time you've probably spread it all over the place. So. Oh man! Pretty sure it's not COVID, but I, I yeah. mean. You know, well, I hope you get. Anyways, well, yeah, I think. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm in like the end. The end of this whole cold. Like yesterday was the the worst 
day. Today I'm actually feeling better. You've always gotten over residual. stuff pretty quick. You got a good immune system. Yeah, dude. You've always that, been pretty tough. A lot of hospital workers run into that like their first year or two working, they'll get a, they'll get sick a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Just just getting exposed to all that stuff. Yeah, he's an adapter. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Adapt, overcome. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Michaela, moving on to you. What is the importance of relieving stress? Where are you at with that? Mm. Which I'm actually curious to hear you elaborate on. Yeah. What do you do for that? And how important is it to you in your mind? Wow. I feel like it's such a big topic. And uh, there's so many ways to think about it. Like one thing I was thinking about when you were talking, Andrew, was how so many people have hobbies, like the ones that you were describing, but they'll turn yeah. them into side gigs or some way to make money, which I think is great. I think that can be so fun. But also, I think sometimes there are ways that we're almost cheating ourselves out of these um, kind of easy breezy hobbies that bring us peace. And we try to like optimize and and make them uh, lucrative in some way. And that whole Dylan and I earlier, we were talking about this idea of hustle culture and like making every minute of the day productive in some way. And uh, so I think it's cool when we can have hobbies or activities that are just just for the pleasure of them or just just because it brings us joy and and maybe there's other side benefits like with your garden it sounds like you produce yummy things to eat um yeah but like where the process is is where the the enjoyment lives and so that's something i feel like i'm still trying to figure out the things that bring me joy i really love painting and watercolors uh because i i just love spending time with colors and shapes and um, that's something that I, I don't do all the time, but I go through kind of cycles and I'll just get into spending time on that. And I, I love just listening to music and, or a podcast and just making yeah. art. Yeah. yeah. I love watercolors too. I suck at watercolor. <laughs> They're so easy to I, be bad at because it's just this, all these colors just like sloshing around on a page. Yeah. It's really cool though. There's some cool stuff you can do with watercolor. Yeah. For me. I've always been <clears throat> better at like drawing. Um, I usually use charcoal, and nice. yeah, that's that's always kind of been my thing. Um, I tried. I did a little bit of oil painting. I've done like your standard high school art class, and then a few college classes. Mm. I took a life art, um, a couple drawing classes, a couple painting classes, but I always liked. I always fa- kind of fall back on charcoal. And yeah. That's just one of the ones I like. Some of your charcoal <laughs> videos have like over a half a million views on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to upload them back in high school. <laughs> well, I've uploaded be like some of you since drawing, then, Like the process of you drawing? Yeah. I, what I would usually do is like a time lapse. So I'd set up a camera and yeah, I'd rig it up to like take a picture every, you know, 10 seconds or whatever. And, so in the end, you end up with a fast-forward version of the entire project. Wow, I love those. But, I love I love that kind of thing. Seeing that. Yeah. 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 I when I was a kid, I had all these dolls, Polly Pockets. They weren't the tiny, tiny Polly Pockets. <laughs> they were like the medium-sized Polly Pockets. And okay. I had maybe twenty of them, and I loved drawing with like a graphite pencil. I draw out each doll's room of like what her room would be like and what would be in it and. Um, yeah, I still yeah. have all these. They're just, just like on like lined paper. I still have all of these in a folder I found it the other day. 
And, wow. uh, and it's just so cool, like all the detail. And I was kind of playing with uh, perspective and trying to make things feel three-dimensional. There are little beds and, and little tables to do homework at and clothes hanging in the closet and posters on the walls and all of that. And uh, it's I, I, so partly why I share that is uh, because I really love like charcoal and graphite. For me, I, I loved, especially when I was younger, the control and precision of a pencil. And mm-hmm. and then for me, I I actually really hated watercolor for a long time. Uh, the schools I went to, we did a lot of watercolor, uh, but it was always on really wet paper. And so the colors okay. would just go everywhere. And once I learned yeah. that you could do watercolor on dry paper, I was like, this is a whole other dimension. <laughs> and uh, and it's something I've really enjoyed. And and even I like to take watercolors out, out into nature. And I've got like a little travel kit that I can bring with me. And I, I did that last year um, when I went on a bunch of trips. I'd bring that and I'd bring a little jar. And if there's a creek or even, you know, the ocean nearby, I'd get some water from there and just be okay. able to make some art. And it was fun. And I, I remember I even did it once with a friend when we were at, at a river in Northern California. And she was like, I don't know, I'm not very good. And I don't, and I was like, just, 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 let's just talk and, and just play with colors. It's totally fine. And she ended up making such a cool piece of like this spiraling blue wave. And I, I loved it. I loved the wow. idea of just the process being just, just for fun, like low stakes. I made Michaela's Valentine's card out of watercolor. And I don't, I don't, I think I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'm pretty sure it was the best piece of art ever made in history. Of <laughs> it's really precious. It's maybe one of the best things ever. <coughs> what is it precious? <laughs> is it juicy? Is it scrumptious? <laughs> we rescued a kitten recently that we called Mr. Princess Precious Pants because we thought it was a girl and it turned out to be a boy, but he was very ladylike. <laughs> yeah. Very so nice. So first, first we called... The cat princess because Dylan really wanted a princess cat, and then yeah, and then it just really evolved into many other layers. It it was a stray cat wouldn't let anybody near it hissed, and then one day after feeding it sardines, it literally crawled up on Michaela and gave her a hug, mm. and nestled its head wow. into her neck, yeah, and held on and, and just I, held her. And I cried. It was so tender. It was pretty tender. <laughs> it was so tender. Dylan almost cried too. He was like, "It hugged you." I've never seen an animal it do you. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Disney princess. <laughs> I felt like a Disney princess. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is next level, you guys." And I've been around a lot of cats. I like cats a lot, and I I've seen them be affectionate with you know people they really know well, but it was rarely yeah. me. <laughs> you know, I think I low key tortured the cats that I had as a child. I, one big well, tomcat, one big tomcat I had, uh, Tigger. He, he just would let me do anything with him. I just, I put him in a little stroller. I'd put a little hat on him. It sounds like you liked it. He liked it. He was fine with it. Uh, cats uh, later on were like, what the fuck? Every cat's different. <laughs> so speaking of enjoyment, these things make us feel good. Where where would you see yourself and then societally, globally? Where would you see, and do you see it already? Do you see people suffering because they don't have these releases, whether it be a cat mm or art, do you think people have a problem giving themselves permission? Or is it more that people don't know that they're stressed? Because I often find out when I'm stressed, I don't know it's gone until I've already damaged my body from overworking or overeating. And I don't know it's gone until I release it. Uh Like today when I sat on my stupid little 8-bit game, (laughs) I think it's literally like an 8-bit game, um, 
run on like Java. It's just really old. It was made back in 1999. And I just felt this weight lift off of me like, oh, it's okay to do something for me that seems meaningless. Because ultimately, I think it's not meaningless. I think you're going to do your work better. Your workouts are going to be better. Your your craft is going to be better. You're going to be happier when you spend time with your kids. I think these so... Who's that philosopher that said um, time wait? What was it? Um, time you enjoy wasting was not wasted time. Mm, I like that. And I think it can serve us. So do you yeah. see a deficit globally? I do, yeah. I think that um, at least it seems like especially in Western cultures, which is really all I can speak to, um, at least in my direct experience, we we tend to really value kind of the productive phase. Like I even think of it seasonally, right? Like spring, summer, we really like that. We like it when things are growing and emerging and blossoming and, and, and then, you know, the harvest and fall. But then winter, we're like, we don't need this. What is this? What, what are we doing? Let's skip through this. Like, <laughs> right through that Adam Sandler movie where he, like, it's called like rewind or fast forward. Click, uh, click, click. That, that one. <laughs> where, he, <laughs> where he fast forwards through. It's my favorite movie. All, all the parts of his life. Yeah, you like that movie, Andrew? <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I like it when he wakes up really fat and he's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to us, precious? Um, but, but yeah, I think there's this way we can devalue rest, which I think what you're talking about kind of fits into that, right? Of just this this unproductive time, seemingly unproductive time. And I feel like a lot more literature has been coming out about how those times of rest, of, of not actively thinking about the solution to the problem or all of that, are actually times where, um, where we get pleasure, but also where our brain opens up to solutions. I think... I remember some story about how Albert Einstein, he actually like happened upon the theory of relativity when he was on one of his walks. It wasn't when he was there at the chalkboard. It was when he was just walking outside, looking at the trees. And then he was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> and so those moments of relaxation can lead to the thing that we're better at valuing of you know, productivity or producing something. Mm. Um, but this, I love thinking about things in, um, in terms of the patterns in nature. And so I, I like that idea of like the the dormant time for plants or even as a as a globe, right, of winter and and the ways that even, you know, on, on more of a microcosmic level of each day, right? There's nighttime, we sleep. And there's mm-hmm. ways that I think on, on the other extreme end of the productivity spectrum, people can be like, we don't even need sleep. And it's like, no, but we really do. <laughs> we actually really do. That's really important. Um, so I do think there can there is a general tendency to overvalue productivity and, and doing. And I also see a shift where more people are starting to think like, wait a second, what about just being? What about existing? What about resting? And kind of, I think we're coming into more balance. And even to the nitty gritty, like alcohol and mm. chocolate and, mm. and, and things even like smoking. So if, so for drinking, I did an episode a while back called Alcohol, and there's some studies that show that actually uh, teetotalers, people who don't drink, are at a greater health risk than moderate drinkers for heart disease. Do you think disease. that's because they're just so high strung? I think there's a lot to it. Listen to my episode, but it's because they're high strung. There's vasodilation with moderate alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. There's stress relief you get mentally, and this bound up feeling where you don't know you're wearing stress until it's gone. Mm-hmm. 
And I've looked into centurions, which are people who live to 100, and even researched super centurions, which are people who live past 110. And you want to know the one common factor I find with them? All of them drink and a lot of them smoke every day, every day. There's this old woman who was a tiny old woman, and every day she was drinking Bud Light. This one guy smoked five cigars a day, and he put a shot of whiskey. He lived to 112. He's an old vet from World War II. And he put a shot of whiskey in his coffee every morning, smoked five cigars a day. And I'm not saying these things, correlation isn't causation. No, you're saying saying that. Kids, he's saying that. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming from a respiratory therapist. He told you to smoke it. Smoke the doobies. (laughs) <laughs> but you know when you're when you're not worrying about every little fucking thing, there's relief in that. And when you find what works, so, so some people like smoking. The Surgeon General study they did back, I believe, in the '60s or '70s, the big study done by the government, the Surgeon General, that found out smoking kills you. It was a 30-year retroactive study uh, at the height of smoking that went back 30 years and looked at all cause mortalities of smoking. So they looked at cigarette smokers cigar smokers, and pipe smokers. This was the study that showed smoking killed, the big one, Mm. and done by the government. And what they found is cigarette smoking had an all-cause increase in mortality rate. Uh, Even cigar smoking had an all-cause, not as much, but some slight raises in all-cause mortality. The thing they didn't talk about was that pipe smokers lived two years longer on average than non-smokers. Anybody can look this up. Even pipe smokers smoking up to 30 bowls a day lived two years longer than non-smokers at the height of pipe smoking. Mm. Nobody to this day can decipher it. A lot of doctors have theories. I've seen some doctors talk at pipe clubs and say, you know, I think it could be that pipe smoking draws these more relaxed personalities. People, Mm. because when you pack a pipe, it takes like 10 minutes to pack it. You get this, none of the chemicals are in a lot of these, it's more natural. And you can spend 20 minutes puffing on it, you don't inhaling it. And you sit there and you have this contemplative, meditative moment that sort of forces you to take a seat back in life. And you find yourself, oh shit, I'm really relaxed right now. I feel good. And the same with alcohol, I think, or video games or whatever it is, I think in moderation, if it feeds your soul, finding that thing for you. Um, it can serve a greater good than a bane. So go on your walk. Drink your beer. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing massive amounts of heroin. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do think you make a good point about, um, and this is something else I wanted to touch on, of when, when, yeah, we're so stressed and we don't realize it until it's gone. I think that's such an interesting point to make. And My mom is a massage therapist, and she tells me so many stories about people after receiving a massage. It's like they're just so blown away by how good they feel and by how relaxed they feel and and how they're like, I didn't even realize I was so – like, I really needed that. Like, that's often what they say. It's like, whoa, I really needed that. And I I do think there's there's an interesting piece here around, like – how aware we are of how stressed we are. Because I think sometimes people build in these these stress-relieving habits or hobbies into their lives. Smoking a pipe, that seems like a very like nice kind of ritual and habit. So you can check in and, and release some stress. But I think a lot of people, they just get so used to being stressed that they think it's normal. And Yeah, and a lot of people start carrying that in their 
<laughs> in their muscles, in their muscle tone, in yeah. their shoulders, backs. Hey, Andrew, that's, that's cool such that a good point. That's such a good because point. Because yeah, the heart yeah. is a muscle. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is and that's true. the biggest cause confirm. of mortality in the United mm-hmm. States is heart disease. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. more and more doctors are saying, oh, shit, it's oxidative stress. Partially from food, mm-hmm. partially from lack of exercise, but a large part is just overall stress. We're working more jobs now than ever, being paid less than ever. A lot of our jobs have been shipped overseas. Well, and a lot of our jobs aren't that, like, I mean, some are physical, but there's so much where it's digital, right? Where we're staring at a screen, which evokes like a very kind of fight or flight response in our nervous system. Another good point. It's not like 200 years ago where your work, you could see right there the good it's doing in the world. You're picking apples Mm -hmm. from an orchard Mm -hmm. or you're, you're getting lumber because you're a logger. On a computer, you're not getting that physical in your face satisfaction of what you're doing. It's yeah. like you're just typing in these letters, you're seeing this blue light, you're not sure what effect it has on the world. Yeah. It's not such a direct cause of, oh, I'm contributing. Yeah, yeah, so the contribution, I also think like, and I try to, I, I work on the computer, I have a remote job working for an app, and I, I really try to make a point of looking out past my computer or taking breaks every half hour or so to walk around and just look out at the horizon and just have this more soft gaze. And that's something that I got from Andrew Huberman's podcast because he talks about how our vision really impacts our brain and our brain circuitry and then our nervous system. And I, I really have noticed that. And it's so intense to be staring at a computer screen, feeling stressed because, oh no, you know, this thing needs to happen or somebody forgot this or I forgot something. And to just be sitting still, basically not breathing, basically holding my breath and panicking. Huh. And then doing things to fix it, but it's it's all like mental and tiny clicks. So I don't even get the stress relief of moving my body to try to resolve the issue. And so um, I think there's I think there's lots of ways that stress is kind of seeping in to our worlds. Because not just computer jobs, but also looking at our phones. We we can experience so much stress in a in a moment and not even really realize it. And so I think there is something really powerful about being more aware of when when we're having a stress response. And what that feels like. And like you were saying, Andrew, of like that tension in the body. I, I love, mm-hmm. you know, checking in with my body and how I'm feeling on a, a semi-regular basis because I feel like I may not consciously be aware that I'm stressed, but my body often will be <laughs> kind of helping manage yeah. it by holding it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I notice that I'm just like, dang, I need to relax my shoulders or you know, relax my legs or my leg is sitting there bouncing like I got restless leg syndrome or whatever. Right, Sometimes right. It's usually just because I'm just thinking about something that I need to stop thinking about or take yeah. a break from. Yeah. And I like that uh, a lot of um, Latin culture, Latinos have a... Um, so I lived down in Peru for a while. I was down there for about two years back when I was like 19. Mm. Uh, about 10 years ago, yeah, but I, I got to really know the culture down there and something that a lot of Latino cultures have is they're pretty easy going a lot of times and they even have like, so their biggest meal of the day is lunch and so they, they'll take a big break, a lot of times they'll take a break from work or whatever they're doing to have a good lunch, a big meal mm. And they'll even have siesta time, like a nap time afterwards Mm. before going back to work. And it seems like a lot of the cultures that embrace that, um, I heard that, I think it's Costa Rica is really big on it. They've got a really long life expectancy. 
And uh, it makes sense to me because you got to like take it easy sometimes because it's true. We are in like this, this culture of hustle and you got bills to pay and gas is expensive and it's just stressful, you know? Yeah. And even I, I think about like how many Americans rush through their meals and like eat it at their desk or in the car or like, it's all supposed to be as fast as possible because it's not, right. you know, it's like, just, just do what's necessary uh, so you can get Fast back to work. Food. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a so, healthy way to live. <laughs> so, Andrew, as, as a respiratory therapist, how much heroin do you recommend I, I take a day <laughs> to relieve my stress? Dang, man. At whatever gets you through your day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not there yet societally, right? <laughs> it's only a society problem. It's a society problem. <laughs> well, I yeah. think this has been valuable. I, uh, I, you know, I joke. This show is fictional. I mean, it, we're literally your imagination. But I think there's benefit here. <laughs> are you saying we're three imaginary friends talking to every listener? That's what everybody wanted. <laughs> That's the purpose of the we're show. The I'm delighted. In your head. I'm delighted. I have a tiny bun on the top of my head now, just just so I can be a more whimsical, imaginary friend. We're not crazy. You're crazy, <laughs> and that's okay. Dylan's been playing with voices. a Jack Nicholson. Impression. I'm not Jack Nicholson, <laughs> and I'm here to save your day. <laughs> Cut the shit, Jackie. <laughs> but I I think I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect on this more in the coming days because I I can fall prey to the whole I want to be as productive as possible because I want to have a life of meaning and I actually think there can be so much meaning in in the quiet time and in the the non-productive activities and so this is kind of helping me I don't know uh, refocus that I appreciate the conversation you know sometimes I notice you know, my heart's beating fast. My chest is tight. I've done way too much cocaine. I when I've when I'm at that moment, there's nothing like a little bit of Xanax calm me down. And it really makes me realize that taking things slow in life, <laughs> balancing the cocaine with the downer, really really is important. So I think the lesson here is to do the cocaine if you want to. I mean, is that the message I'm hearing from? Is that, both of you? is that is that what I'm saying? <laughs> As a rule, stay away from the fentanyl, though. That stuff. Oh yeah. That'll mess yeah. you up. That'll fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. No. People are like getting a hold of that these days because, uh, um, I don't know, man. Things have changed since I was in high school, but yeah. We're joking. I don't condone fentanyl. drugs, but they have been. What I've heard lately, I actually had a friend. Well, a friend of a friend, I'm not friends with them directly, he had to get uh, resuscitated because he was he did cocaine, apparently. And apparently they're lacing fentanyl in the cocaine nowadays. Mm-hmm. And he immediately passed out. They had to give him that yep. Narcan to wake him back up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully he lived. But fuck, you know, that fentanyl's no joke. Stay away from all yeah, the hard man. drugs. We're joking. We've but I, I do to believe... Do that. Um, I've seen that a few times now in the ER. Oof. Really? Fentanyl overdoses. Yeah, yeah. We get yeah. American. And sometimes well, the problem is the, uh, when you slip it in, and it's also such a small dose that you can OD on it so easily, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people die on it, and it's a freaking 
shame because yeah these are usually younger people and it's it's tragic man you got to see their families and we're we're in there intubating them and giving them all the narcan and stuff but at that point sometimes they're freaking brain dead and yeah it's no joke it's it's like a a little epidemic going on you know and i notice a lot of these people who get into the drugs were very cut off uh growing up they were cut off from doing things they were locked in or they were suppressed in some way Hmm. so then they go the other way and I say, you know, sort of like me where I was suppressing myself and then I'd overeat or I'd overwork my body and working out and I'd get a muscle strain. If you don't have natural balance, then you're just going to go to another extreme. So if you're staying yeah. away from alcohol or let's say just walks with your family or smoking a tobacco pipe or I don't know, going to Six Flags and doing roller coasters, whatever it is, even things that some people might see as unnecessary, you could coop up so long where we joke about the drugs, I don't condone them, but then you do end up getting on a prescription drug because let's say this, this is something common I see. You pent up so much, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you try to do everything right, and then you start getting anxiety. You go to your doctor and he prescribes you a a benzodiazepine like Xanax, which is Jordan Peterson went through this. It's horrible. It can kill you. It's highly addictive. And now you're addicted to something that's like on the lines of heroin because you, you didn't, you didn't, you missed all the steps going up, and now you're at, like, the last step right. before the end. Yeah. And that's just a hole. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I see these people who put so much shame on these basic things, but they're taking six fucking medications, and because it was prescribed by a doctor, all of a sudden it's okay. Hmm. Right? Right. Right. Hmm. And that takes me back to thinking about this idea of, like, checking in with yourself and being more honest with yourself of... Am I stressed? How am I doing? Like maybe, maybe I need to give myself permission to rest a little more, or do that fun, silly thing, or play that video game, or whatever it is. Or I get a donut. I mean, yeah. unless you're eating them every day, I like to get an apple fritter every once in a while. If it's every once in a while, it's not gonna. It hasn't killed me yet. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel happy. You know, it's not necessarily something you want to live on, but these little things can go a long way. Right. Even if it's counterintuitive, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this idea of, like, permission to do things that bring us joy. I think there could be so much fear of of it, of being selfish. And I think a lot of the time we need to give ourselves permission to do the things that, that we we really want to do. And because I, I find, too, it's like sometimes I'll settle for, like, a lesser version of what I really want to do. And it's not as satisfying. It's better to just go for the thing I really want and really enjoy it. And, you know, don't eat the carob bar. Eat the dark chocolate bar. Because then you're just thinking how it's not what you wanted the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you eat four chocolate bars because you let yourself wait so long. Yeah. And you yeah. get sick. Yeah. <laughs> the other weekend, I got something from Del Taco called the Fiesta Pack. And if you don't know, <laughs> it's six burritos and six tacos. I ate the whole thing. And then after that, I had like seven pancakes. <laughs> Big. And these are like wow. tiny, like little silver dollar pancakes. They were like big, thick, giant chocolate chip pancakes. Thick pancakes. I mean, it was a glorious sight to behold. He was so happy. I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there it was wasn't. 
There was a beautiful, it was a beautiful experience. (laughs) I I found out I'm lactose intolerant and I didn't use the usual lactose uh, free milk. I I shit my pants. And that's what got me. I I violently shit my pants. (laughs) Really? It was so quiet. I was just out here on the sofa reading. I was like, honey, do you need me? Are you you okay? I'm okay. I didn't shit my pants, but you know what? I didn't feel great. But I think if I had the lactose free milk, it would have been okay. And even that, I think that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel okay doing it every once in a while, like, fuck, just go for it, man. Mm-hmm. Or woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we about covered it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Cheers. I hope you're all having a good, safe week. Uh, by the time you hear this, you'll have had your weekend as well. Hope it goes well. We're time travelers. I love you guys. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. Everyone is canceled. Spelled the right way with one L. And uh, I'll see you every Monday, next Monday, and one after that. Everyone is canceled. Good night. Thank you, Michaela and Andrew, for joining me. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, yeah anytime. Take care, folks. I made Michaela's Valentine's card out of watercolor, and I don't, I don't, I think I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'm pretty sure it was the best piece of art ever made in the history of mankind. It's really precious. It's maybe one of the best things I've ever made. What is it precious? Is it juicy? Is it scrumptious? We rescued a kitten recently that we called Mr. Princess Precious Pants because we thought it was a girl and it turned out to be a boy, but he was very ladylike. <laughs> yeah. Very so nice. So first, first we called the cat Princess because Dylan really wanted a princess cat. And then, yeah, and then it just really evolved into many other layers. It it was a stray cat. Wouldn't let anybody near it hiss. And then one day after feeding it sardines, it literally crawled up on Michaela and gave her a hug. Mm. and nestled its head into her neck and held on and just held her. And I cried. It was so tender. It was pretty tender. (laughs) It was so tender. Dylan almost cried, too. He was like, it hugged you. I've never seen an animal do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a Disney princess.